Now it's time for Inspirational Women and my guest, Carol Carpenter, author of The Elegant Disruptor, Breaking Through Barriers and Limiting Beliefs to Success. The title gives us a lot of insight, or at least a little, into what to possibly expect, and it's amazing. Carol is a stunt woman, actress, motorcycle racer, mother of two young adult sons. Well, let's just meet Carol to hear her stunning story. Carol Carpenter, good morning. It's so great to have you join us this morning. Thank you so much, Kate. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. And I have to tell you, when I saw motorcycle rider, stunt woman, I thought, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. Like, because, you know, it's, it's not me at all. And, uh, and to think of someone doing that, this beautiful young woman, I, I'm just in awe, but also kind of shocked. Like, what brought you to think that you really wanted to be riding a motorcycle, that it was on your bucket list? Well, I, I was in my 40s and divorced at that point, and, you know, I had done all these things in my past in a very conventional sense, the way I was raised, and I wasn't where I believed I wanted to be. You know when you get that little kind of voice in the back of your head, like, hey, if you kind of died in the next, you know, few years, have you have you done everything you wanted to? And my mom had passed away when she was 47, so I always figured that was kind of the, you know, the year that I was going to kind kind of expire. So mm. I kind of set that deadline for myself at that point and just said, well, I'm divorced. The kids are getting older. Why don't I create a bucket list? And instead of, you know, going and find a job, just see if I can find something that fulfills me. And the first thing on the list was riding a motorcycle. And I had absolutely no idea I was going to fall in love with it. Amazing. And because it was unconventional, Carol, because it's not something you would have done in the past? Well, my culture is all about, you know, academics. And I was actually going to school to become a doctor. But when my mother passed away, you know, nobody was there to really say that should be my goal anymore. So I had to rethink my life. And the divorce actually kind of gave me permission to do something else and do something completely unconventional. And really experience what your life could be. Not that it wasn't good before, but I yes, you're saying it was permission to really just try on a, a new costume. Outside the box. Yes. Yeah. Ah, that one, yes. <laughs> and here it was. Yeah. And I didn't realize the sense of freedom that riding a motorcycle would make me feel and also rediscovering myself because it was something that I was extremely afraid of. I was not a natural rider, so I had to work hard at it. And it gave me a goal to strive for. And, and when I met those goals, it, it, it kind of changes the way you feel about yourself, your self-confidence, your self-worth, all those things play into it. So it was kind of my step one into what I would call my, my next life, my next chapter in life. So as we discuss this and we're talking motorcycle, I, I think it, it's clear motorcycle is the metaphor for anything else in our life that we're going to go after to tr experience something new and different, right? Exactly. If there's anything you ever wanted to do and you haven't done it, right, because 
you feel an obligation to your family, you feel an obligation to, you know, your, your uh, loved ones. Sometimes, you know, to fulfill yourself, to be able to have enough, um, I guess, purpose and passion for, to give back to your family, you, you have to feed your own desires. Right. And it really takes something to, to gain that awareness. Um, for you, your mother's death at such a young age certainly made a, a difference in what you realized uh, you needed to do. You changed careers at, or career paths at that time. Yeah. Uh, I had a choice after the divorce whether I was going to go back and just find a job or I could go and pursue something that I might actually like. And so uh, that's the reason I went down a bucket list because you just never know. I had no idea. And I even did stunt work. On, with, I did motorcycles. I did stunt work. I did talent work. I tried everything because I figured if you cast a wide net, you have the opportunity to discover what you would love to do in the next chapter of your life. And motorcycles are really it. But let's take a moment to talk about stunt work. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because the, that, to me, is is really so out there, feels like so demanding. Um, you're going to get beat up because you're the stunt person. But was it like that? No, you know, I, I think there's a misconception um, about, like, the stunt world. It's very, everything is is perfectly planned. Right. And you go over and over and over again. It's like the whole practice makes perfect thing. Right. So when you do stunts, like what you see in the movies is not necessarily how it's run when we film it. Okay. Does that kind of make sense? Sure. Okay. (laughs) Yes. Because it is all about keeping everyone safe. So, okay. So, I mean, it's not that it's not dangerous, but it's done in such a way to keep everyone safe. Yes, and it is planned in advance, and they do practice it many, many times. And if I understand from your book, it was your brother who actually, uh, what, uh, introduced you, invited you to this? Yeah, that was the time when I was doing all this talent work, and he goes, well, you know, I'm a stuntman, and I know all these guys, and let's try this. So he got me into the community. And I started driving uh, for movies and what I didn't drive for, sometimes they used me for acting as well. So, you know, it was, it was one of those things, like I said, with the casting the wide net, who knew what I was going to love. Now, entertainment industry just by itself is a very hard industry to get into. So, you know, I got the opportunity to see firsthand, like, oh, do I really want to do this? Right. So you decided, though, it was really motorcycles you had a passion for. Exactly. And and it, and it you discovered, is really a different area as to um, who's really accepted to be in that, that whole environment. For the entertainment industry? I was thinking with motorcycles and mo- motorcycles, oh, right? Oh, well... Yeah, motorcycles is a completely male-dominated sport. I mean, when I came into it over 12 years ago, we did not see a lot of women. And so when I trained um, at various different schools, I got good enough to become an instructor at almost every organization up here. Um, 
it was it was difficult um, to be an instructor and hear the customers that you were helping not really care for the organization that they signed up for. Like they didn't feel they were getting what they, they paid for. So that's why I started Boto Vixens was I wanted to really provide an environment that people would enjoy riding motorcycles and learning how to ride them competently. Ah, and, and so that's what goes on with Moto Vixens. It's a, a training facility or teaching, a, an educational facility. Right. So we're, we're an event organization, and we, do, we teach people, not, and, and I'm not talking about beginners. I'm talking about people that currently ride to improve their skills on the track, and those skills convert directly and translate to the street. Mm. And here you are, 10-plus years into it, and it's just been the best thing that's happened. Oh, my God, I love it. <laughs> and I absolutely love it. <laughs> <laughs> so you're loving it, and, and I'm sure that's what you're receiving to fr- from those who enroll. And, and they would all be women, right? It's Moto Vixens. No. No? No, oh. actually. So my name did work against me, Kate. And, you know, I'm so cheeky. I can't help myself. So when that when I found the name, uh, I had to do some research to see, you know, if it was available and it had been abandoned and then I, I took it on. But I'm cheeky. You know, I'm a girl and I knew I was the only one that was doing this up here. So I figured, oh, I'm just going to call it Motovic since I had no idea it was going to alienate men for, I'd say, probably the first two or three years. They had no idea. They thought it was only for women. Ah, and and. What was the breakthrough? What happened that they realized, oh, you know, we can be part of this? Society. I I think um, there came a point when society was really open to, you know, marketing and advertising women more. And I happened to be at the right place at the right time. I had a bunch of guys asking me like, hey, can we come to your days? I was like, it was always open to you. Hmm. So now now we basically fill up every single time we put our uh, our dates out. And if someone, if this is really piquing interest uh, on whatever level, but you have to have some experience as a, as yeah. a motorcycle rider, right? Yeah, I mean, you can't come completely new because it's, it's extremely challenging. Um, if you're trying to track ride, if you don't already know the basics and the techniques. Okay. So to get information uh, about this, if there uh, there are people who are experienced at your website, is, would that be where to go? Yep, motivixens.com. Okay. So for anyone that has a, a leaning in that direction, but you know, the thing is that you were saying how it's so male-dominated, which is why you were motivated to to found Moto Vixens, and yet uh, then the guys get all insulted that they're not included. Well, yeah, it, it's, it's so interesting how that happens. I mean, people have um, a perspective on what they think it is without ever really asking questions. Mm. And so, yeah, it, it was my own fault for being cheeky, right? It, <laughs> it set me back a few years, but it's okay. It all came back, and... And quite honestly, um, I think some of my favorite people that sign up are the men. They enjoy it because we, we're very, 
we're, I would call it more boutique in the way we do things. We don't load up our sessions. So the way our track days are run is we're run every 20 minutes and it's by levels. And it's dependent on the number of riders that register. And I limit mine to 30. So if you visit other track day organizations, they don't typically put a limit. So when you have, let's just say, 100 people, right, riding in that 20-minute session on a track that runs 2 point, and I'm averaging here, 2.21 miles, that's a parade. Mm. That is not a place where you can learn how to ride at speed. So when I decided to start Moto Vixens, I decided to limit the number, and that's you know basically for safety as well, but also an opportunity to really be able to teach people at speed. Well, that sounds like a really authentic experience that uh, really keeps everyone in mind rather than it being about, you know, just dashing something off. And uh, This sport is an adrenaline sport, so yeah, guys are going to be guys. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's amazing. And it evolved for you as to what it's become. Could you have imagined this being the case? Well, actually, when you were in college, would this, if you saw this happening, what would you have thought of Carol in the future? I would have thought I was nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding? I'm only glad my mother's not alive to watch me do it. <laughs> or might she be extra proud of you? She might. I mean, I joke about that. I mean, for her, it was always about academics. Mm -hmm. There was never a point in my life where even athletics was accepted, right? And it, it all came down to academics. It came down to music. It came down to the things that were important to our culture and what was expected of us. So mm -hmm. this would have never been accepted. Mm. And this is some of what you do share with us in your book. And I love the title, The Elegant Disruptor. That's so telling. It's beautiful. The Elegant Disruptor, Breaking Through Barriers and Limiting Beliefs to Success. So there was motorcycle riding right there. You know, that was breaking through a belief. And here you want to share this with us to, I think, motivate us as well. That, you know, whatever it is that might be this kind of far out dream or idea, we can do it too. Yep, absolutely. Anybody can. You just got to believe in yourself and, and know it's going to be hard at times, you know, and, and don't give up. Right. And yet often there's that nagging little voice inside that says, oh, really, you think you can do that? Why do you think yeah, you Yeah, I have could, arguments right? with that little voice. <laughs> <laughs> and it's okay to have arguments, right? It's not talking to yourself. Well, it is talking to yourself, but in a very <laughs> constructive way. Yeah, right. exactly. And, and it, it comes to changing your perspective, too. I, I think so many of us are pretty stuck in the way we think. And we don't, we're not doing ourselves any favors either with, you know, just hanging out with the same people we always hang out with that, you know, you have the same complaints. Well, if you hung around people that are very successful at achieving that something that you want, you'll find their perspective and your perspective don't line up. So wouldn't it be best to hang out with people like that to kind of gain uh, or maybe even glean 
some of their knowledge to see what they know that you might not. Right. How, I, I can imagine there being some people, and age probably isn't even necessarily a factor, thinking like, oh, but this is, this is, these are my buddies, or these are my good friends, you know, how do I walk away, or how do oh, I extricate? you extra- don't have to. No. I mean, it, it just means you limit your time with them, because you know you want to move past that. You don't want to be stuck behind those limiting beliefs. You know, you're not saying goodbye to them. Although some people may end up saying goodbye to you. You know, it happens in life. I always say you have people that come in your life for a season or a reason. Hmm. A season or a reason. That's a good one. (laughs) Yes. Oh, words of wisdom. I, I love good quotes and phrases. I think we can learn so much from that. And you're sharing that with us, Carol. This is really Aww. so wonderful. I, and you had this experience, of course, growing up. You had to uh, be a certain way. Um, yeah. And really for what? Well, let's say at least about half of your life. And then you decided, ah, now I have this this open slate that I can write whatever I want. Yeah, I got to write my own next chapter is what happened. And I didn't even know I was writing it. What I, I think we are so used to saying no to something because we're afraid of it. So you just automatically, somebody says something, you go, no. And what if we changed all those no's to yeses and then really saw life as an adventure, right? Because your life is meant to be lived. And if you're going to say no, then you're not really living your life. You're just existing and surviving. Right. And we owe it to ourselves. If we have this life, there is a reason that we're here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So why not find out what? Why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing? Is this all that... I'm amounting, you know, I'm amounting to be, or is there more? Like, I always want to know if there's more, like how much more can I do? How much more can I do to help others? And, you know, you can't do things for other people if you're not solid yourself. With, uh, with your sons seeing you in this mode, uh, has that been something that's, encouraged and uh, inspired them as well? I I think so. Um, I think they thought I was a bit nuts in the beginning, (laughs) too. (laughs) I mean, I guess who wouldn't, right? When your mom has always just been your mom and and all of a sudden she's like, I'm going to go ride motorcycles. Yeah, I I think they probably thought I lost (laughs) my mind or I was having a midlife crisis or whatever they wanted to call it, right? But they did eventually see me ride. And my son this last year came to the track for the first time and watched me ride with a bunch of riders, including my boyfriend and um, one of, one of the, our staff. Um, and he was astonished. But it was the first time one of my children got to see me ride. Mm. It took yeah. quite a while then. Yeah, but because it's, I think, you know, when you do something like this and it's so out of the ordinary, um, they think you're going to snap out of it eventually. Mm-hmm. So when they see it sticking, 
I think eventually they accept it. And only when they accept it can they show up for you. Ah, yes. Well, th- yes, that's a great observation. Uh, wonderful. And, yeah, I can see that they would then see you sticking to it, something that's out of the ordinary or what you were as their mom as they were growing up, and and think of it as to what they might do alongside of what they've chosen at this point, but that, you know, the world is really wide open for them. It's their oyster. I tell them that all the time. Your world, the world's your oyster. Go find the pearl that'll make you happy. So they are, they're really fortunate um, to have you as a role model, even though, though they may have really questioned that at some point. Uh, <laughs> My sanity? Yeah, yeah. possibly. <laughs> but I think of, and books, um, hearing people's stories certainly is encouraging. And I really want this kind of experience, this awareness, like the world being your oyster, that it is true for everyone. But I it's how do we get that message out to 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 everyone? Yeah, I, I think a lot of people don't go after things because of fear. And if we can treat fear as an indicator that this is new, and of course you're going to be afraid of something new. Let me tell you, when I got on a motorcycle the first time, I, I don't think my motorcycle stood still because I was shaking so hard, I was shaking it underneath <laughs> me, right? It It... But you can't let fear paralyze you. You have to know fear is an indicator. And as long as you can break through that and just go, you know what? Instead of like treating it as I can't do this, treat it as I'm going to conquer this. Mm -hmm. And it's a shift of your mindset. It's a shift of your perspective. And that's really all it is. Yes, being aware that that is within our control to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that loud message about mm-hmm. overcoming fear is yeah. really look at your perspective. And and you don't have to, let's see, you didn't start riding that motorcycle and do something like go around the track, I don't know, at, at a certain number of miles an hour or something. I mean, it took it, time. It, yeah. I mean, honestly, it takes time. It takes practice. And when I was really into it, I was cross training. So I was dirt biking. I was flat tracking as well. I was doing all kinds of motorcycle riding just to up my skills. Wow. Oh, so impressive. And then you have this wonderful book that you wrote, The Elegant Disruptor. Was this, well, tell us why you decided to do that. Uh, You know, I I feel like nowadays everybody is so negative and they, they, and honestly, disruptor does kind of have a negative connotation, right? People just assume disruptor is somebody that just completely comes in and just steamrolls over everything. Hmm. And I believe that there is a much more elegant way of doing it. And thus the reason we, you know, put in the elegant disruptor because I don't, I I think you can take both sides of the equation and meet in the middle and work together. Yes. Isn't there something about walking the middle path? Yeah. And, and, you know, taking everybody's thoughts and concerns, right? Together Mm -hmm. and creating something completely new. 
it's an avenue. It's another path for you to do business. And for so many, they, they choose just to steamroll over people. And then there's just, there's ill feelings all the way around. It, and it just creates, you know, negativity creates more negativity. So I'm all about keeping it positive. Yes. Yes. And, and that's what you're creating with the work that you do with the book finding the way that the disruptor is kind of in this way positive you know changing some of the the negative thought processes they that really makes a difference yeah well i mean look at uh, the way i was raised you know i'm a disruptor even in my own culture because females aren't really seen as I guess the breadwinners, um, the people that um, have the right to have choices, you know, I just remember growing up and it, if I disagreed about something, my, my, my grandmother would just sit there and say, it's okay, just deal with it. And mm-hmm. I'm like, says who, <laughs> you know, and it was hard because I was born in the States. So my perspective was way different than theirs. And I was kind of against my culture in so many ways. And I asked a lot of questions. I, I know I pushed their, their patients quite a bit because I couldn't understand why I couldn't do the same things as guys do. Yes. Yes, of course. We grew up that way. And yet, when we think about our parents and your grandmother's generation, although I think my grandmother was rather feisty, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> so was mine. But yet, it was almost like they knew, though, that they had to do it a certain way to be accepted. Yes. And, and I know that was her intent, but for somebody that's young, that doesn't understand that, you know, grew up in a different culture. Cause I got, I was born and raised in the U S. So having that at home and then going to school and having a different life, I always felt like I lived between two worlds. Like I was trying to make those worlds work for me. Yes. Wow. And when we have that experience, too, I'm sure you've found how it really worked to your benefit. I mean, it was challenging to have, and yet so much that you gained from the experience. Absolutely. Because being able to see things from two different perspectives, mm-hmm. it's almost like you can be the mediator between the two. Aha. Uh-huh. And that shows us how, you know, whatever happens to us, we have a choice of how to use it. We could see it negatively and, oh, it was a terrible thing, or take a positive spin and how it has benefited us. Oh, yeah. Perspective and mindset. Exactly. Yes. So important uh, anytime, but our world feels um, just so challenging in many ways these days to take this to heart, uh, to see how we can use it constructively uh, and, and be that source of change in the world. Yeah, and we each can do that, every single one of us. Right, right. To know that, we, we just need to embrace it. And I think with your book, beautiful, The Elegant Disruptor, with that, you, you lead us through your story and through uh, j- just some techniques of how to make that work in our life. Yeah. Yeah. And we talk a lot about self-worth because I, I think that's kind of the core of all of it is if we don't have a really strong self-worth, it's really hard to do anything. 
pondered that for a long moment. <laughs> yeah. But but truly, yes. I mean it that's again that source of of wisdom. Um think about how self-worth really does play in our life. Take time to really ponder that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it's true. And and I think so many of us are so busy, we don't take and hit that pause button and reflect, right? Because I, I think if you reflect on, if, if you're struggling, you know, look look at how you view yourself. Maybe you're not setting um, good, good firm ba- boundaries for others, right? And that is something that you need to work on. Why am I doing this? Why am I allowing these people to bust my boundaries all the time, right? Because right. who ends up frustrated? We do. Yes. So take back that ownership of what we can do in our life, find that self-worth, and, and really use it to our advantage to be all we can be. Yeah. As, Empower yourself. Mm. As you have done, Carol, I'm still so in awe of, uh, you know, doing this flip side of of what your life had been and and it it, what you chose with the motorcycles happened to really be where you found your passion. Um, But it might have been like, "Eh, no, don't need that. And you choose something else. But the idea is to really see the world, as you said, see this as your oyster. Yeah, and I don't really think I I chose motorcycles. I think that motorcycles chose me. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't know why it, this was put in my path. I have to believe that you know every like we said everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I came out of left field. I would have never have guessed. But you know why did I have that thought? that I wanted this on my bucket list. Ask yourself that question. Now yeah. for me, with motorcycles, for you, it might be something else, right? right. Yes. But why did it show up on my radar? Why did I even think of it? So you, you got to think if, if things are put in your path, go with it. You never know where it'll go. And that can be such a fun adventure. As you've proven, exactly. too. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And life is about fun. Come on. It's an adventure. It's supposed to be fun. And you're proving that. Right? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. 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 I, I, think, I, I, th- I still think most of my friends think I'm crazy, but that's okay. <laughs> well, you know, eventually they'll come around or, well, they might not. Or they'll join me. Or, yes. my crazy. <laughs> and have fun as well. Exactly. <laughs> oh, well, this this has been fun. And I wish we had more time that we could discuss more fun things. But, uh, you know, the clock or the recording seems to dictate what will be. So let's just uh, <laughs> tell people that they can find out more about you through your website, which is? CarolCarpenterMedia.com. And you can find out more about the book, The Elegant Disruptor, and just uh, all that's going on. And maybe, you know, learn something about motorcycles. Who knows? But this has been delightful, and I thank you so greatly, Carol Carpenter. Thank you so much, Kate. That brings us to the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Carol Carpenter and Sunday Morning Magazine with Jay Wu and Lee Crane. I'm Kate Daniels, your host, 
and I greatly appreciate your sharing this hour with me and these special guests. For details you might have missed or information you'd like to know, please just send me an email, kated at warm1069.com, and I will get right back to you. Also, if you'd like to listen again or to share these important stories with your family and friends, find the podcast on our Warm 1069 webpage. Just click on the Listen tab, then Podcasts, and then either of the show names, and then look for the guest names. I now wish you and your family a day of really being self-aware and striving for your best health, your best life. Have a week of the same, and then please plan to join me again next weekend for another hour of Sunday Morning Magazine and Inspirational Women on Warm 106.9. Good morning.